Welcome to another episode of Racial Barriers Removed. I am Andy Villanueva. As always, joining me is the brains of the operation and James Moore. And this week, we're going to get to a really, really sensitive topic in regards to whether or not unlawful assembly and rioting are the same. Is it different? Is there a backdrop to it? Um, how far back can we go to discuss uh, what a rebellion or a riot is? Uh, but first we do that, James. Uh, old HBO sports, art, uh, sports uh, I guess, documentary that came out back in July or uh, June of 2016 or around there. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. I think it was July 2014, if I'm not mistaken. It was right after the the or 49 Orlando um, shooting. So it was July of 2014. And it was an HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumble deal where a 13-slash-14-year-old from Virginia basically walked around and tried to purchase different items. And now he was underage. He was under, first off, he was underage. He wasn't even 18. He wasn't 21. He was 13 or 14. And uh, he basically walked in to a liquor store and, at one liquor store and asked to buy lottery tickets. And they told him he was too young. He tried to purchase beer. They told him he couldn't. He tried to purchase cigarettes. And that I think that lady asked him, whether or not he was old enough to smoke. And uh -huh. I do believe he actually went and tried to purchase porn. Um, and then I realized yeah, the magazine. it might be great. Yeah. It, it might be, it might be um, strange that, that that would be happening. But I mean, you know, when I was 13 or 14 years old, I wanted to see a Playboy once in a while too. So I totally understand it. But then he goes into a then he goes to a gun show, and you can take it from there. What what exactly did did they do, and how easy was it for him? Like going in the store and buying a piece of candy. He walked in there, asked about the rifle. They didn't ask him how old he was. And then the killer part about it, not only did he buy one, he bought two rifles. No backhand. Cash money, quick, fast, in a hurry, was in and out. Not once did anybody ask my old was he? Not once. Now, where they do that at? <laughs> I mean, the whole... I mean, it's, it's quite, quite disturbing oh that. but wait a minute we also gotta say we gotta say it the kid was also white okay the kid was also white all right i'll give you that yeah he, that. well that's the the kid was actually 13 just had his 14th birthday doing all this trying to buy all this stuff and yeah. it was denied everywhere except for the gun show they let him purchase two rifles. Yeah, and At, no background check, no mental history exam, no nothing. But back then, it was a little different. 
um, compared to now, but still, nonetheless, it's still a 14-year-old going in buying two rifles. Even though the NRA comes out and says, I'm going to purchase, or we're going to, we have all of these things in plan. You should not be taking our amendment rights out. Um, I'm sorry, but if a 14-year-old is easily walking in and being able to purchase a, purchase a vehicle, purchase a gun, for that matter, a 22, um, and not one, but two of them, I think that's that pretty much seals your fate as far as being able to say yes or no to what you can and cannot have as far as legal weapons. Right. And I mean, right. I mean, you. Uh, it, 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 it just baffled me on how easy it was. I mean, it was no fuss, no muss. So it, it me, just. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, you know, like, I, I wonder how much effort, how, how much problems I would have had if it had been me. Uh, if it had been me. You'd have liked and I'm of age. No, I mean, man, you know, we're, we're trying to remove the barriers here, but when a white person's able to buy via, buy anything that quickly, it's pretty bad. Um, and you really don't have any way of saying that it's it's anyone else's fault, right? It's basically, <laughs> it's basically the person's deal. And, mm -hmm. you know, you being, you working for the transit authority in Cincinnati, I, I think you, you have, a bird's eye view of a lot of things that normal people don't because you have to see it on a daily basis. How prevalent is it or stressful is it to be in a situation to where you don't know whether or not the person that's coming onto your bus is carrying or not? Um, honestly, it, it doesn't me, me personally, me personally, Only time I had an issue with you, I told you once before when the guy got on and he openly cared. Yeah. I, I don't know your mental stability. If it's concealed or carried, if I don't see it, I don't know. True. I, if I don't see it, I don't know. I, you know, I have no reason to be uncomfortable. So, but when you openly carry and you're not, you know, licensed authority, you know, some kind of government official to be openly carrying. I got a problem with that. <laughs> I, I, me personally, I have a problem with that. How I, I supposed to keep my focus on the road when I got to constantly keep looking up at you, seeing what you doing, what your reaction with people is, because I don't know when you might decide to flip your switch and start a mass shooting. So, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's not cool in my book. It's not cool in my book, not, not, by, not by anything. Because it's, it just shows, for one, the gun seller didn't care. He just wanted to make a, uh, a sale, I'm sorry, sales, and get rid of inventory. He didn't know who he was selling to and what the condition of that person was. Yeah. You know, but. It, 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 it's it's so much behind that. It, it's just ridiculous. But 
like you said, what I do, you know, and you know, just I'm a people person. You know, some people I can fill out, some people I can't. But in that situation, if somebody's on my bus, which they probably have carried a gun, if I don't see it, I don't know. But if you're openly carried, no. Because it's not only me wanting to make it home safe, I want everybody else to make it home safe too. So it's not going to happen. Yeah. I but mean- you, you know the stuff they're doing now. I don't know. I know you have here that they're going to start, um, the teachers are now starting, going to have classes that have a weapon in the classroom now? Yeah, that ain't happening. I'm not doing that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't feel comfortable. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, but um, my friend Francois, who lives in, um, Ash, in Afton, Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. got a big farm out there. And I go out to visit them. And when we go out to visit them, you know, we have to carry, we, we, um, he, he asked me to, we have to carry a weapon because, you know, we don't know A, if the hogs are going to get us because the hogs are wild, or B, if a wolf or coyote is going to attack us. Um, Okay. We have it for our protection. I can tell you right now, I have never, in a million years had to use it when I've walked the perimeter with him or done anything like that with him. Because A, I think if it came down to having to use it, I think I would probably be in trouble because I probably would. Um, now, if it was um, you know, a crossbow or a bow, I think it would be a little easier for me because uh, you know, there's so much more that I have to think about cock, load, make sure that the site's set properly, all of that before it's even gone to where a weapon, where, and I basically have control of that, but that, you know, everything regarding that, right? Where as a weapon, <clears throat> a gun, oops, I unloaded by accident. I could shoot myself. I can shoot him. I could, sh- you know, it could ricochet and hit somebody else. Not to say that a that a fletch can't do it, but it's a lot harder. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not, I, I don't want to carry in a classroom, nor do I want to have a weapon in my classroom. Okay. Nor do I think it's, nor do I think it's necessary if you have police officers that are already involved there, right? I mean, we have two police officers. There's one way in, one way out of the school. You can't get in any other way. Everything else is locked during school time. Um, so, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, basically, you have to go in through the front doors of the school um, okay. to go through. If you can't go anywhere, you can't, you can't like, walk around freely. Um, there is no back door. Um, everything is locked. And, uh, you know, there's always an armed, armed police officer that's off duty from the police force that's walking the school perimeter working as a private security guard. So they always have one on campus. He walks mm-hmm. around the school. He, when school lets out, they station, they have one plus three more that come and are stationed around. So, um, there is a big safety 
plus to having them. So I don't think we need a weapon to do that. So that, no, that's my, no, that's no, my any of your other coworkers feel that way. I don't know. I don't ask. Oh, okay. I don't ask because it's one of those things that every I mean, in all honesty, I think I think the problem is is that there's two sets of coworkers in our classroom and, and we'll get to the riot. I mean, okay. we can transition to the rioting and all that in a second, but there's two sets. There are the younger generation that are more liberal and more believe that everyone should have gun gun amended amended gun rights, kind of. Mm -hmm. Those are the older ones that are kind of like, no, I, I want my gun and, and I want my weapon. And, you know, our forefathers said, well, you know, you could go back and you could go through the whole thing. And this is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast right we could go we could basically nitpick every single amendment up until to the civil war before the 13th 14th and 15th amendment and say all of these other amendments should be abolished except for freedom of, of speech but even that to some extent has to be tempered because now there's the internet right so you, you know what do you do with trolls Right. <laughs> if somebody says go kill yourself, right, and you do it, does that person get? Should that person not be charged with something? I say, yeah. Now we're gonna roll into the riots. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's really simple to to look at all of the amendments and say, yes, this one. And I, agree, and, and I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. And the funny one. Uh, now you got me on a whole other tangent, right? When I was mm -hmm. doing it, actually, this will be perfect because we can transition into it. Um, when I was doing Revolutionary War history in, at Cal State Los Angeles with the teacher, right? Very, very liberal teacher. All of the books that I had to read were liberal. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. But it made me think and it made me understand certain things. And one of the things that we had was we had to look at all of the all of the taxes that were always given by to the colonists from the king right because the king was the boss and then the colonists had to pay taxes for everything sugar right. tax tea tax uh porcelain tax whatever everything was paid but when they they came up with the constitution and the Declaration of Independence. It said that all men are created equal. And Robert Zen basically says, how can you say that all men are created equal when they are not discussing people of color, whether it's Native Americans, Blacks, Asians, because they didn't foresee this, or Native Americans. They're not discussing women because nowhere in there did they give women the right to vote or own property or anything like that. All they are talking about, we the people who are created equal, are the people that have a ton of money and are able to do things, right? So going back to your situation, that is why I think the, the whole, they do need to do something about, you know, the right to bear arms, right? Right. You're allowed to write to bear arms. And I can't believe I'm going to quote Biden, but... Nowhere in the Constitution, nowhere did it say that it was okay for you to own a cannon. But again, you can't, if you've ever been at a Civil War site, 
or even looked at a real cannon. Those things are impossible to move by yourself. And who the hell, do you know how easy it is to get caught knowing that somebody's going to go somewhere and try to shoot a cannon off? I mean, <laughs> they obviously we're talking about weapons that at the time were, you know, you basically had to, they weren't automatic. You didn't have more than one slug in them because the, the technology wasn't there. And actually it was probably worse to get shot by one of those things because who knows how many times that thing had been shot and hit somebody. Uh-huh. Right. So yeah, it, it needs to, I think I agree that their gun charges need to be changed in a lot of ways. Right. In my roundabout way of, of discussing this. <laughs> well, you've had but me go off on a tangent. But um, that's fine. I know that's, that's that's what we do when we go to lunch, right? Yeah, that's fine. Here we go here. But let's get to the main topic. Let's get to riots. Let's get to civil unrest. Let's get to unlawful assembly. Let's get to what is the difference between civil unrest, unlawful assembly, rioting, rebellion. And if I were to ask you, James, what what do you think MLK said about uh, riots? No. Oh, he, really? want, he wanted a peaceful march of protest. Okay. That, that he, you know, he wanted to show that it's not all about destroying and fighting, you know, and fighting. It, it, you know, we can peacefully walk and, you know, and handle all this without all the violence. Yes, you know? I agree. Do you know one of his famous, you know what one of his fa- best quotes are? We got several of them, but what, what, which one did you like? <laughs> well, he, once, he once said after a riot that took place that riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it, America that has failed to hear? What is it that America has failed to hear? Right? It's like, mm-hmm. look, every single time we have had some form of civil unrest, unlawful assembly, riot, rebellion, whatever you want to talk about, there's always been something that has pushed it to that point, right? Mm, right. Um, so you can go all the way back to the 1600s when the first colonists came over here and, you know, uh, we had Bacon's Rebellion, right, which happened in the 1600s, a full hundred years before, like, like the civil, like the Revolutionary War, in 1676, Bacon basically said, look, I, I want to be able to make some form of money because we're poor. We don't have a lot of money. We're losing out on stuff. And he basically went to the governor who at the, or at the time was William Berkeley. And Berkeley was kind of like, uh, like somebody who liked to play right down the middle, right? He Either mm-hmm. way, he, he, he was trying to make everybody happy. So Native Americans were, were around, were basically bordering this area. So because of the fact that, that Berkeley said that Bacon's group unlawfully stole corn from the Native Americans, they basically went and attacked you know, and uprose over this entire situation. 
So this is the first time where people are not listening. People are having up. People are upset, and of course, it's technically the first American rebellion, right? Because these are our forefathers, even though they're not. They haven't figured that out yet. And so, every single time, it doesn't matter what. As much as we'd like to put race into the rioting, it's never about the race. It's always about either um, how would how would we put it. Um, the, 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 they're, not, uh, they're not being listened to, right? They're not, yes. it, it depends. It depends on who the people are. Um, you know, 1776 comes around. We have the Boston tea party. Everybody says, woohoo, we have the Boston tea party. But like, that wasn't like even the first attempt at rebelling against the crown. That was like step number. That was like the last straw, Right. I mean, there were other re rebellions happening around the colonies. It wasn't just that one. That's just the one that got the most got the most credit, right? Attention, right? Right. American Revolutionary War. Technically, that was a rebellion, right? We were rebelling against the U.S. or not the U.S. The United Kingdom or Britain, because hey, we're sending you all this money, but you're not doing anything for us. Why is it that we have all of these rules and we can't, uh, why is it that you're giving us all of these rules, but we're not getting any money in return for it, nor are we getting any protection or anything like that? Plain and simple, right? If you want to make a point, you can keep going through the deals. If you want, as much as everybody hates it, the Civil War in some form or another was the South rebelling against the North because the North wanted to take away a lot of, wanted to take away slavery, right? Right. South, which knew that the slaves were their big moneymaker because they were the ones out getting the cotton, getting the tobacco, getting all these things and getting it taken care of and making the money, but they didn't do it. Right? So that's right. That's why that's why I always feel that the Civil War was a rebellion as well. Right? You can continue doing this. You can go to the Haymarket riots. You can go to, but the two that I want, the two or three that I want to kind of like talk about and discuss and all of that is one, um, one that you're familiar with was the one that would happen in truly your backyard in Cincinnati. Because right. I've only heard bits and pieces of it. And I'm not positive of what all of it is. I know it had to do with a police officer, I think. <coughs> Um, the other one I want to discuss is the LA riots of 92 because right. it happened in my backyard at the time. And the third one I want to discuss is the one that occurred just recently that depending on what side you're looking at, it could be discussed as either an unlawful assembly, a civil disobedience or a riot. But there's a difference in all three. I know that last one should be all three. Okay. I'm going to call it all three. But I'm going to go even one step further and say this before we go about it. I honestly believe that the previous two, because of technology, changed the way riots in America occur. And I'll explain that later. And, and, and you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. So with that said, 
I want to get to, it, do we call it the uh, over the Rhine riots? Do we call it the Cincinnati riots? Do we, what do uh, we, we want to call it? It was, actually, it was done in over, over the Rhine. I mean, over OTR. It was, it was done mainly in OTR. And it was over the shooting of an uh, unarmed black man in the back. Okay. And this occurred in 2001? The 2001, yes, 2001. Yes, 2001, if I'm not mistaken. And, and that, was, that was due to, I, I'm trying, I, I actually took down notes on this, but to help out here, but I think it, uh, the kid's name was Timothy Thomas. He was a teenager. Yes. But and, see, prior, what, what, well, see, here's the thing that led up to that. What led up to that prior to that, that shooting in the back was like really the straw that broke the camel back. Because prior to that, there was a restraining and tasing of an unarmed black man, which he ended up dying. He ended up dying because they tased him one too many damn times. And, and I think it was one more altercation with, with the police at that time, which was another black man, something happened to him, and I can't recall it for sure at the present point of time. But those two incidents led up to the third one, a young man got shot in the back. That led up to that one, which the riot really occurred. And, and it was mainly, you know, black male, we gonna say from 16 to say 35. It was mainly that age group that just, you know, just took off, was fed up, and and just and, and it was just, you know, just. I looked at it in two ways, like, wow, they actually came together without killing one another. Okay, I'm a, kudos. They standing up for something, but you tearing up where you live at. You are tearing up where you live at. You always do. You know, that, that's always yeah. been the case, though, right? I mean, and <laughs> I mean, you, but it really is. Haymarket rebellion, Haymarket uh, rebellion happened, you know, in Chicago. It, I think it happened in Chicago. Now I got to look it up. Keep talking while I look that up. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but like I said, you know, enough was enough. You know, once again, and this was like this back then. Enough was enough of these black men dying for nothing at the hands of the police. At the hands of police. And the officer that killed the young man, the first thing he said, he feared for his life. Well, if you fear for your life, why are you a police officer? <laughs> You're in the wrong profession. If you fear for your life because your job is to protect and serve. But yeah. you fear from your life from a man that was running from you and that was unarmed. So that's why they, you know, the, the city erupted in the way it did. I mean, and it, I mean, it was curfew city, the whole nine yards. You'd have thought it was martial law. I thought I'd have never lived in something like that at that present point in time. It was, you know, it was things that, I mean, literally shut the city down. 
But like I said, in the same token, I was proud of these got these young men from, like I said, from 16 to 35 because they came together and stood for something. They came together and stood for something and said enough was enough. But it was just, they tore up where they lived at. But the police made sure they, they rushed them out of downtown, the business district of Cincinnati. They rushed them out of there real quick. <laughs> real so, quick. So what one thing is, and um, I can't, you know, if if you ever go to YouTube and you watch Emmanuel Acho, he he discusses he discusses the anger of a black man, right? And he he basically says that, you know, and I don't want to misquote him or anything, but he says basically we get to this point because we are angry about something, right? Yes, we're angry yes. about something, and we do not have a way to remove that anger. So we choose a way to use that anger. And sometimes it may be a little more than what everybody else is, is thinking or expecting, right? So uh, as far as this one's concerned, uh, based on the Cincinnati Library, uh, you know, Timothy Thomas was the breaking point uh, 15 black men were killed by Cincinnati police officers between 1995 and 2001. Five black men died in custody of Cincinnati police officers between 2000 and 2001. And one of the major profile cases is Roger Ownsby Jr., who was chokehold, maced, and allegedly beaten while in police custody. He was mistaken for a drug dealer. You know, um, that's pretty disturbing that yeah, something like that for a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so like I said, that when when that took place, it was a combination of things that led up to. It was a combination of things that led up to that breaking point. And like I said, was it one of our finest moments? Probably not. Was I proud of? Yeah, because they stood together for something and wasn't trying to kill one another. And just and just to just to let you guys know, uh, everyone who's listening. By the way, we've had a lot of good comments. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that they the protesters basically were going no justice, no peace, stop the violence, and they were basically over the Rhine trying to tell everybody what was going on. And then, you know, when you get a big group together, sometimes they kind of fan out, kind of. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it only happens. Yeah. But you yeah. know, the police started to shoot beanbags and rubber bullets at the group and using tear gas. So what do you think yeah. they could do? They went elsewhere. So they went to Finley Market. They started tearing up the place there. They went back to OTR. OTR, by the way, if you this is the first time you're listening to us, over the Rhine. Um, so basically, they did all this stuff, and it happened for two days before they finally stopped. Um, but there was a four-day curfew, like James said. And Actually, it was more than four days. We, okay. it, was, it, was, uh, it went for some weeks. Because to be quite honest, I was in the bowling league at the time. And, you know, they, mm-mm, nah, don't you, don't you leave the house? Mm-mm. Sorry to say this, <laughs> but um, I can't see you bowling. I'm sorry. I, 
I do not mean to make fire that that little comment you just made. By the way, let's let's say the name of the officer. Uh, it's Cincinnati Officer Roach, and I do believe he was found. If I'm not, not guilty, he was found not guilty, right? Not guilty. He left the Cincinnati Police Force. They ended up going out to Springdale and Evendale. 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 He ended up. He ended up being involved in a fatal chase. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, let's not discuss that. By the way, the Haymarket, yeah. the Haymarket uh, riot did take place in Chicago. It was over labor. It was over a labor strike that ended up occurring. Uh, so, yes, that, that was uh, due to that. Um, anything else that we could take from the Cincinnati over the Ryan riots, which happened, which pretty much happened before the one I'm going to discuss, but, um, uh, maybe. No, actually yours should have actually happened. Yeah. Has anything really changed? No. I mean, in Cincinnati, other than over the range becoming really, really regentrified and Finley Market being regentrified and that area being gentrified. So with that being said, so, you know, with the, you know, with the George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor, when all that was going on. So now there was a more diverse crowd. It was a more diverse crowd, but honestly, just from you know seeing things and kind of being around some of it, um, you know, it, it was only you know certain people that was really being arrested. They was arresting a lot of people, but they wasn't keep holding a lot of people either. Yeah. So you know, they, it, it was a pick and choose situation. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know. All depend on how bad you ran your mouth, or you did this, or you did but it's that. It's always it's always that case, right? And the color of your skin—I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, I mean, like I, I look there's there's some there's some damn good officers that I know. I would never say their name. I would never bring them into nothing. They have a job to do, just like everybody else. But you know, when they're told to do something, they have to do. Yeah. But yeah, and, and this, I mean, but during these and, and they were, and, and in the beginning in our protests here, a lot of them were peaceful. A lot of them were peaceful until you got the wrong element blended in. You know, the wrong elements are the ones who's really trying to, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna mix in, but when we get up here to the shoe store. We're going to break in. A lot of that was going on. But it was unnecessary. Because majority of all the protests that was happening, well, I ain't going to say majority of all of them, but some of the protests that was going on across the country, they were all peaceful, except for certain ones in certain areas. But what you had to be there to understand that. But here, you know, it, it, it went on for nights. 
it, it went on for nights, and that's when we actually just switched over to, you know, our, uh, as they call it, uh, we were doing COVID runs to where we wasn't running as late as we was. Uh, you uh, you was only restricted to like 15 people on the bus, so forth and so on. Uh, buses stopped running like at 10 o'clock at night, you know. And, you know, we were running a real, real skeleton schedule and instead that, of like a normal schedule. And that's when the, all that was going on. Yeah, well, that's that was for COVID. Yeah. That was for COVID. Okay. And so, like I said, but, you know, and, you know, every night from when that started for the next five nights. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that part. Yeah. But, but let me get to LA riots first. Yes, yes. Right? Because you were there for that. I was there for that one, right? So here, here's here's the deal. Um, for our, most people know about the LA riots, but this was kind of like one of those um, perfect storms, I guess. Um, it, it's it was brewing. It, this was brewing. Basically, it was brewing. The, you know, the the black population was already getting frustrated with the way the brutality was occurring with the police officers, not only with the with the blacks, but also with the Hispanics or the the Mexicans, right? And yes, mm -hmm. please, please ask a Hispanic whether they like to be called Spanish, Afri uh, African. Uh, Spanish, Mexican, Guatemalan, El Salvadorian, because we're all from different places. We just we're just not from Hispania, right? So just letting you know that. Uh, but going back to it, uh, Rodney King. First off, let me God rest Rodney King's soul. Um, but that man was one strange human being. I had a friend of mine who was working. Um, weekends with him at the San, Ber San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department, um, their area they were cleaning up. And my buddy always said that he was way out there, nicest guy in the world, but just way out there. Um, but basically, they were racially profiling him. They pulled him over in a, in a pretty much predominantly white area um, called El Sereno. They had him get out of his car. They beat him. They arrested him. He wasn't resisting. He wasn't anything. Somebody act. I guarantee you that if nobody saw the video, the famous videotape. Bingo. No, That's what I'm waiting on you to say. Nothing That's all I was waiting on you to say. Nothing would have happened. <laughs> Not one damn thing. Now, the bigger part and the worst part of this whole situation was... This should have been, this trial should have taken place with these officers in the L.A. County. It should have been open, shut, and closed. Los Angeles. It was done in Simi Valley, which is a very predominantly white area. Very few black people at the time. And if you're going to be judged by a jury of your peers... That's where you want it done. The officers got it. <laughs> right? So the jury was deadlocked on everything. And basically, the police were 
pretty much upset the blacks the black population of especially south central los angeles which is close to watts which had their riot in 1965 but in black south central los angeles it's a mix of asians and black and a black population and they heard the verdict and they did what they they did not let's be honest right this was not this was not a gathering of people for an illegal purpose, which was which is what an unlawful assembly is. This was a flat out riot. It was a violent offense in public, which involves three or more people and a breach of peace. They burned down their own location of stores, Asian mm-hmm. stores. They pulled a white truck driver, Reginald Denny, out of his truck on live television and beat him up. And there was nothing anybody could do. The police weren't going in because they were afraid. The police weren't going in because they didn't want to be part. They they knew that if they were to go in there, it was probably going to make it worse. The same time, the worst rioting happened in Koreatown because the Korean merchants, you know, and the uh, the black customers were already having issues. You know, Pico Union, which is right down near downtown, they were having issues. All, I mean, this place, it was crazy. It was as far north as San Fernando Valley, which is probably about 30 miles from South Central and happened in Long Beach, happened in LA. I mean, it was crazy. So here's the crazy part about this whole situation, right? Tom Bradley, who, who, God rest his soul, is probably one of the greatest mayors of all time in Los Angeles, basically was asking people to stop. Nothing happened. This went on for a few days. It wasn't until Reg, Reginald Denny came out, and, or not Reginald Denny, Rodney King came out and said his famous words, right? Can we all get along? Mm-hmm. But basically, we had a curfew. A basketball game between a playoff basketball game for the Clippers was moved from the LA sports arena, which is now home to the LA FC football club and angel city football club. That game was moved from there, which was originally the sports arena all the way to Anaheim because of it, because of these riots. Wow. I would love to say that things got better for the police since then, I haven't seen it. I still see way too much. Now I will commend like California Highway Patrol. California California Highway Patrol actually has a black captain for the Southern District of California. Oh wow. Right? He's one of my closest friends. He's awesome. He's great. He's done it all. He used to be a public information officer and now he's the big wing right? He used to be downtown. He used to be in LA. He used to be in London. He's been everywhere. So he understands it. But other than that, you know, everything that they've done since then has been always to pander instead of trying to help. And there's a difference between helping and pandering. I'm, I'm all good with, I would rather see people get improved lives 
than, oh, well, we'll be nice and we'll hire this, this guy here to be your, you know, sheriff or your, your, you know, your police captain. It, it doesn't, it doesn't help any matters. So, um, yeah, it was not good. It was bad. It hasn't changed anything as far as that concerned. And obviously that was one of the, the two, the two uh, riots that have occurred since then. Of course, we're going to go to the last one. And that obviously is the one that I would say the internet changed the world on this one. Um, it, this uh, protest and unrest happened because of a Minneapolis police officer named Derek Chavin, who is now serving um, jail time. Um, he ended up killing, uh, or yeah, he, he killed George Floyd um, during a stop. I think also, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think because of the Breonna Taylor thing as well, right? I think that was also a big issue. Am I correct? Yes. So because of the Breonna Taylor deal, because of the George Floyd deal, now you have the internet. The internet has seen the video of George Floyd, right? You have Black Lives Matter who are now stepping up their campaign over saying, hey, look, you know what? Our lives matter. And we're going to start to protest. And what do we say? You know, at some point in time, if things don't change, you guys, anybody's going to get angry, right? I mean, a ba you know, if a baby keeps asking for the box, you know, their food and you keep not giving the food, then what? Not, the baby's going to be upset. Baby's going to whine. Baby's going to cry. So, <laughs> so the perfect storm happens because you've got Breonna Taylor, you've got George Floyd, and then Ahmad Arbery occurs. And that is when the S hits the fan and we have Minnesota rioting, we have Houston rioting, we have LA rioting. I wouldn't, or let me, let me put it different. Well, civil well, disobedience. Well, I'll call this civil well, disobedience. Okay, why are we going to call it civil disobedience? Because why? I don't... Okay, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Give me your term of why you want to call it civil disobedience. Because I honestly believe that that there are more there are more outside influence occurring to where we cannot judge whether or not the people that were actually protesting peacefully were doing so were the ones that were actually not being violent. Does that make sense? I think there were outside influences that saw something and said, oh, cool, let's go, let's go rock a police car. Let's go blow up a, let's go drop a, a bus off somewhere. Let's go burn a, police car let's go shoot somebody over here let's go do this right i, I just don't see that i, I just oh. that's why i'm calling this civil disobedience because i think there were other people involved that shouldn't have been there that they weren't there for the right reasons how's that okay so okay wait a minute we're gonna pause on that one right there so what about the taking over the capital oh that was stupidity <laughs> that was an unlawful, that was an unlawful assembly uh 
you can actually call that a riot because I'm sorry to say this. Um, there was no civil disobedience about that. People were going in there to do things. Bingo. And that was that's the problem with, with what happened at the, the Capitol, right? Um, what happened what happened in Minnesota, Houston, and all that, I believe is more of a okay, we know where these people are gonna march. Um, if you're on one side or the other and you don't tr and you you are against certain things that are going on, why don't we start making this about a race issue instead of everything what it should be? And I think the internet played a big part in this because you were able to get groups in multiple cities, whereas like in Cincinnati, it just happened. So you couldn't get um, groups anywhere else to, to fight for. Yeah, during, during, right? During the time we had ours, you're absolutely right. And in you're ours. Absolutely and, right. And, and in 92, definitely not. Right? Exactly. But right? now check this out. Hold on. Hold on one minute. So check this out. So with that being said, so we're going we're gonna to call it coordinating peaceful protests, right? So you had all this going on across the country. Not just in certain cities, it was across the country. You had protests going on across the country. Now, the cities where they really got violent in was uh, 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 up there in uh, uh, Milwaukee. Yes. That was one of the, where, where it really got nasty. Um, that that's the one they yeah they and and Chicago me for saying that it's Chicago, Chicago which St Louis which I, I I was kind of disappointed with Chicago and saying look Minnesota I mean not Minnesota Milwaukee I, I love me some Milwaukee Milwaukee is a great town great city good beer good cheese love me some Milwaukee but <laughs> um you know. I, I, I felt their pain. I really, really felt their pain. And, 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 and I'm a black man, but enough is enough. Enough was enough. Because not only did they just happen to George Floyd, another man got killed in the car. The officer said she thought she was grabbing her taser and grabbed her gun and shot him. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the, so I mean, but that's that's a whole nother conversation. Too. See that but that's we, also, and you can complain that might be that might actually be training issues, right? But I mean, I'm not but, gonna, and don't get me wrong. That, that's I'm a whole nother conversation. But that was, that also was part of that too. That was also part of that. That was also part of what was taking place, along with the Breonna Taylor, the George Floyd, the Ahmaud Arbery. It's a whole bunch of them. There was other ones that people still haven't heard about that that all uh, a snowball effect all rolled together to one. So here, so here, here, here is a list compiled by the Cincinnati Library, right? Mm -hmm. Of, and I guess I guess as much as we're discussing the rioting, we're also discussing policing. Right, because a lot of this has to do with policing. 
But we've 99. got 99.9% of it's all policing. Uh, Eric Gardner, Rayshard Brooks, Daniel Prude, Floyd Taylor, Atatiana Jefferson, Aura Rosser, Stefan Clark, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Samuel Dubois, Philando Castile, and Duante Wright. Those are a lot right there, right? I mean, that that's... That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of police. That's a lot of police issues right there. Yeah. And then if you look at the crimes, and we'll put the link up for, for the Cincinnati Cincinnati.org deal, right? Um, to to show you where the what what the crimes were, there's nothing. It wasn't called for. There's nothing. No people should all be alive. Always. And that's the problem. But my question is, as, as we wrap all this up, what can be done to stop a violent offense in public, which involves more than three people, right? To making it just a civil protest. How can that happen? How can we change it to make it to where that happens? Why do we want change? But we need to change. <laughs> we need to change. But I, Look, I totally, I totally understand the whole anger part, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, we love bringing Craig in at some point in time during our conversations because he makes us laugh. <laughs> But it's kind of like Craig, right? You know, Craig, Craig started getting upset because he was driving all the way from the village to watch the Bengals lose every single home game. Right? But what did he do? He got rid of the tickets. He showed them, didn't he, James? And then what he do? He was buying tickets every, every other home game. <laughs> got to love him. But, I mean, but. But I mean, he and, was angry, so he did something yes. about it, right? So, mm -hmm. is there another? But way wait a minute. To, but is there another on. way to be angry? Wait a minute. But he's back. He bought season tickets again. That's because. But <laughs> that's because they. That's because they. That's because the team changed, right? They changed <laughs> the thought process. They changed the way they went about business, right? So mm -hmm. I ask again, is there another way to be angry without having to, to resort to a point to where we're burning down places that you live at, right? Yes, there is. And you know what? Honestly, yes, there is. But and, and, and you should have known there was going to be a but coming. Everybody is never going to be on the same page. You're going to have that one or two that's going to go off and do whatever and that's the spark that causes everything else. And, but, but, Here comes the trickle-down effect of something that was peaceful to something being more violent. And, the, and, and as much as you say that, it is so true because a lot of times, um, you know, you can't yell fire in a theater, but you yell fire in, in, a, in a group of people that are trying to protest. And 
they're already angry. They're they already heated. They, they're, <laughs> they're not going to, and somebody says something, and you know how it is, uh, you know, oh, three blocks down, somebody just was unlawful. The police just got there. somebody down the street. Someone down the street. Let's go get them. Right? So yeah. all of a sudden, it's a mob mentality. And I totally understand the anger of it. I, I, I understand. If things don't get changed, yeah, of course, by all means, please, please, please find a way to to find a way to, to make things a lot easier for people. But here, here's, here's the thing, though. In order for things to change, they have to change all the way around. I mean, like I said, you, you read off all the names. Well, well, those are probably just names for here. But, you know, there's been multiple of, let's be real and keep it right, Black unarmed men dying for no reason over minute things. Over minute things where it, it you know, it a ticketed offense. So here, take this ticket, go pay the ticket, have a nice day. And here, here's the best part of this whole situation, right? We can, we can, we can wrap around to our first episode, right, where we said, "Why were you sitting?" Right? Yeah. Why, why did you not stand for the anthem? Gabe Kampler came out and said he's not safe. He, he doesn't feel safe with the gun laws. So he's not, he's not standing up now, right? Um, but at the same token, when I asked- Wait a minute, who said this? Gabe Kapler, okay. <clears throat> manager of the San Francisco Giants, came out last week, oh. basically said that he was not standing for the national anthem anymore until the gun laws were fixed. Oh, Oh, he get the fuck out of here. No. Get the fuck out of here. Nope. Fuck him. Okay. <laughs> he can sit his punk ass down all the fuck he wants. <laughs> tell him to go on the field and take a knee. How about that? Well, I mean, he's still not, I mean, he's still doing his way of protest, right? But I mean, but, but no, no I, I'm gonna disagree with his way. I'm gonna disagree against him. You know what? Not, never mind. I'm sorry. Never, I, Musa. Go no. ahead, Andy. I'm no, sorry. go ahead. No, because that's some bullshit. He, he ain't going to get kicked out of sports for that? No. No, because mm. so here's 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 where I think I, I think I think because of the fact that a lot of things have changed since the Kaepernick issue, right? Um, I think people are more open to the differences and and the way that it gets done. Does that make sense? Yeah, if you say so. You don't. Think <laughs> no, I don't give. No, you know what? what? You know what? Because it's, it's totally one sided as fuck. So, do you want me to get you even matter? Huh? Do you want me to get you even matter? No, I'm, I'm. I mean, it's that's just that's fucked up. So you want to? So here, here's a here's the crazier part. Now, if Gabe Kapler was a black manager, do you think it would have been taken as easily as a grain of sand 
of him just standing, won't stand for the national anthem? Hell no. Nah. They, they want his fucking job. All right. They will want his fucking job. Okay. They will want his fucking job. Exactly. Period. So this is this is how we discuss things during lunch and dinner. This is exactly they will how. want his fucking job. And that's James, the bullshit I talk about. James and I will discuss things like this, and eventually I get James to give me his true <laughs> opinions. Um I mean back to it. Look, I look. You put me in any crowd I can fit in. It's not a problem. I don't have a problem. But I'm what I'm not going to allow is, uh, and that's unjust. That's unfair. One person do it. His career is over with. He can never play sports again. This motherfucker comes out and say, oh, I'm not going to stand for the national anthem to the gun law tank. And he still got his fucking job? Man, get the fuck out of here. Get, man, get real. I don't give a fuck who he is, but get the fuck out of here. The gun laws, what about the black men that were dying over the bullshit? Man, get the fuck out of here. That bullshit. He can go somewhere else with that shit. I'm sorry, but that, 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 I'm sorry, Andy. That, that really what, got to me. That, what, what are you sorry about? I mean, we're having a discussion. This is how we do lunch. There's I know, but I mean, that, that, that right, that, that really right there got under my fucking skin. Well, and that's why I brought, I didn't bring it up to get into your effing skin. I got, <laughs> I got up to, to go to, to recircle back to the whole. Yeah, you and, did. You're so right. You're right. Right. <laughs> we have to figure You're out. Right. We have to find a way between, between our, between me being of Mexican descent, but associating myself more as white. Right, even though I can speak Spanish and all that, to where you're probably one of my best friends, and so I always want to know your thoughts on everything. That's true. Right? That's true. I never, ever, ever go into a situation with you to where I do not ask a question because I need because sometimes there's a question that needs to be answered, and or a question needs to be asked. Mm-hmm. I personally do not understand it, right? Whereas you do. And so I need to ask. So like I said, we get, I think both of us get angry over almost the identical stuff. I think we handle it a little different, right? A lot different. (laughs) Okay, a lot different, right? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're we're two different human beings. We got yeah. two different personalities. So we, end, never we, both, we both we both go to the same. We both go for the same goal, right? We both yeah. have the same objective. It, it's but, an understanding, right? So <laughs> when we when we get to a situation where we're having these these issues with police, right? The unfairness, the anger that we're all experiencing, things need to change. But like, but once again, you you have you know police officers that you know that's cool as hell, do things by the book, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I know police officers that's the same way, and you know, and just because they're police officers, they get grouped in with that 
handful of asshole officers. The ones who are out here that's half-assing their job or doing the stupid shit that's reflecting bad on the rest of the police. And, and we're not against the police whatsoever. Let's put that out there. We are not against the police. But things need to be really, really, really done on their end as far as from the screening of the new candidates and also the training. And I believe a very diversified training course needs to be implemented because, A, one, just because I have dreadlocks doesn't mean I smoke weed. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm associated with drugs. <laughs> doesn't mean I have drugs. I only get that when I'm in the airports. <laughs> and I just sit and laugh and just do what they tell me to do. That's their job to do. Let's go. Always, you waste always, your time. I always find it funny that if you and I were to ever go into an airport, right? And I mean, I'm not saying that I like breaking laws because I don't. But I mean, if one of us is going to be carrying uh, marijuana somewhere, the likelihood of it being you are slim to none. The likelihood of it being me are very, very big. <laughs> of course, the wife will be upset at the fact that I'm carrying it. Uh, but all they're gonna do is take it from you. Enjoy your flight, sir. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I think I think you're right. I think it's a good way. I think it's a good starting point that we need to go and we do need to start implementing, you know, new training and new ways for the police to understand. And Yes, I have friends that are police officers. I speak to them. You know, I work at a I work at a school where police officers are always around, and I speak to them as well and have conversations with them. And um, I listen to police radio scanners a lot in this area to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. For a lot and, of and, but but hold on, but we what but wait a minute, but we got to get back on us. Because if we're the riders, we also got to take that responsibility for what we doing. Yeah, but here's the problem: you can't, you can't. What are you going to do? You're going to go by everybody and say, "Up, oh, you're clear. Up, oh, you're clear. Up, oh, oh, you." No, 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 no. I mean, but Shady, no, we, we can't. Can. But they can start policing themselves. But they're never going to. Me personally, have I been in a ride? No. I mean, it's really, really difficult to police people when you get 200, 300 people. Right, because one person does it, then all of a sudden I'm ready to tell you. I'm ready to tell you where I'm ready to tell you where there was a, a big peaceful protest that you very heard a little bit about, but it was a big success. You ready for it? Yeah, we're Million Man March, the Million Man March of Washington D.C., where a million men, literally a million black men, got together and marched in Washington D.C. How about that? No, I heard and about not that. Nothing, nothing got destroyed, tore up, and nobody got no. arrested. But I mean, that that goes for like the Woolworth sit-in and all yeah. the sit-ins back in back when when they were trying to get rid of desegregation and the Jim Crow laws and all of that. So I mean, it, it, yes, I agree. There are protests that are very very quiet, and that one would be. You know, I, I can't even call that an unlawful assembly. It was just a civil protest, plain and simple, mm -hmm. right? 
but that's what we need more of. And um, I think that's what our main point is, is that, yes, I think we both understand that. I, I, for me, I understand that there is an anger out there with the black community. I understand that things are not getting done as quickly as you want. I also understand that at some point in time, you know, where, what, you know, you, you basically not until like the mid seventies and even now still, there's still a lot of stuff that just isn't right when it comes to the racism in this country. Oh, no, and it, it, who knows how long it's going to carry. And it might take for, it, it's, I would love to see it happen in my, in our time. I, who, who you talking about? Hmm? Right? When that I mean, love. Look, hmm. the whole deal is this, right? These conversations you and I have, it's a start, mm -hmm. right? Of course. It's always got to start somewhere. Yeah. But I mean, but, but I mean, so, okay, so, so how about this? So, um, uh, because I, I, and I tell a lot of young men that I come across, the ones who, you know, who want to listen and take my advice when I give it to them, like, hey, you know, you ever get in a situation with the police, just do as they say. Period. Period. I don't care if you wasn't doing nothing wrong. They ask you something, just answer the question. Don't play 31 questions with them. They'll be like, hey, you know, at, on my way home, or, you know, we're off to whatever. Tell them whatever you're doing. Don't be confrontational because they do have a job to do too. Now, if you feel like y'all being profiled or something, still answer the question. Make it home safe. Make it home safe because still at the end of the day, still at the end of the day, the officers are doing their job. Because if they wasn't doing their job, then everybody be mad. Well, well, how come the police ain't doing their job? <laughs> and yeah. they're like, well, y'all tired of us, you know, harassing people. Well, you know, we ain't telling you to stop harassing people, just stop harassing one race of people. <laughs> yeah. But I, like I said, I always tell them, just do as they say. Make it home. I say, answer the question, move on. But if you know, if you're not hanging in, if you're hanging in the wrong area, expect to be bothered. Expect to be bothered. But yeah, I mean that that's a whole other can of worms too there because uh, I'm a, I got to do some research on that. It probably won't be next week. We talking about. Probably the week after. That's something I've been working on myself, but um, I didn't get a chance to talk to some people I needed to talk to. Are you going to bring them uh, on? No, 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 no. I'm not going to bring them on. I'm not going to bring them on. It's just I wanted to uh, insight. So so here's the situation. So uh, down, down where our buses go downtown is called Dublin Square. It's like a rallying point for a lot of the buses from, you know, they coming from all their different directions. They come to Government Square, and that's one of the main transit hubs downtown, where you even have tank buses come over from Kentucky. And, like, they just had some major work done down there on 
I want to say some sewage lines or some kind of water lines, but um, the whole government square area was, you know, messed up for months. But now everything is open back up and all the stalls are open. But we have certain points down at certain areas down there where you have the wrong elements and all they're doing is hanging out down there. They're not getting on no buses whatsoever. Now, we have police officers down there 24 hours a day. They're not being they're not being told to be dispersed or anything like that. But I wanted to talk to the officers first before I really dug more into this. All right. Why you know they're not being told to be dispersed because you know I, I me personally you know say if I'm not from here and you know I'm standing there waiting on the bus and. Say my bus ain't quite got there, but four other buses them came through. But there's one big old block of crowd, ain't even buzz to jump on the bus, and they lighting weed, drinking in the whole nine yard. You know, I'd be kind of scared. Yeah, I would be too. But I mean, but you know, that's something. I, that's something I want to ask them on why nothing is not really being done about that because they just do it. I mean, that's the hangout spot. And, and quietly, yeah, they sell drugs right there, too. <laughs> right. That's another topic for another day. Yeah, so, but yeah, that's something I'm working on and you know, uh, uh, another one of our shows we do. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. So, when, as we wrap up, one of the things we want to do, and I'm thinking of doing this on Juneteenth, is having a Twitter Spaces uh, conversation where we can all just sit <laughs> and talk and discuss whatever might be the issue. Of course, Juneteenth is the newest uh, holiday, and uh, that's a couple weeks away. Yeah, that's a work and pay holiday for me now. There you go. And, uh, you know, we want to we wanna get into a lot of crook and nooks and crannies and uh, discuss a lot of things. Sometimes we might even just discuss trivial things that you guys might not think of. And uh, we appreciate the listens. Um, I'm efforting to get a councilman on from California to discuss some things. He's very uh, knowledgeable and drives me nuts, but he's brilliant. oh, he's brilliant. Um, so I can never, <laughs> I, and I can never ever ever argue with him because he's always right, which drives me nuts. Um, oh but, wow, yeah, I would yeah. like to meet this guy too. <laughs> yeah, bring him a Sensi so we can go to lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love me some Sensi. So uh, we'll figure that out. And uh, We were supposed to get Craig on this week, but Craig chickened out because I think this is a little too deep for him. Uh, too many activities. Too he many. got the kiddios. Yeah. Uh, baseball. Football. Drinking. Yeah. (laughs) We appreciate everyone for listening. We will be back next week and uh, stay safe. Uh, Please, if you get pulled over, just do what you're told. We don't want to see you become a statistic or read about it in the newspaper. We just want you to be safe and uh, have a good week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, James. All righty. All right, Andy.